They're amazing. Um, we're so blessed to have the next generation be able to lead us. Um, and I'm breaking the rule here because I'm not young enough to be up here today. Um, but we we were looking at whether we keep going with Ephesians. Um, and we had a look at what was next in Ephesians. And it was about children, obey your parents. <laughs> so we thought, yeah, why not? That suits today. Um, so I'm just going to talk about um, that passage of Ephesians this morning. Um, And before I do, we're just going to pray. Dear Lord, we just um, thank you for your presence here. Thank you um, that you love us beyond what our tiny brains can imagine. I just thank you for the children, the babies, the teenagers, the young adults in this church, the next generation of Christian warriors that are going to lead us forward. What a blessing that we We have so many in this church, Lord. You've blessed us abundantly. Thank you for them. I just pray, Lord, that you would use me today to speak your words. Let me be a vessel um, for your Holy Spirit. Lord, open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts, Lord, this morning to what you want to tell us about this passage. Help us to be changed um, after we hear that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, the title of the message this morning is Authority and Your Heart, and you'll see why as we go on. So we're reading from Ephesians 6, 1 to 9, so you can look along with me. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. The more I read this this week and meditated and asked God what he wanted to tell us this morning, the more I realized that although this passage gives us really good advice on Christian living for families and for workplaces, um, underlying that is the message of our heart's attitude towards authority. So um, how do we view authority? What is our response to authority? And ultimately, what is our response to God's authority over us? So that's going to be our focus this morning. It starts off with talking about children-child-parent-child relationship. Um, And the, the first verse is very simple. It's not wordy. It's children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Full stop. No questions. No negotiations. And that's how we'd like it as parents. Just obey me. Because... Um, and um, can you imagine God the Father, the perfect, loving, all-knowing, ever-present, 
compassionate, kind, merciful Father, like we spoke about this morning, like the prodigal son showed us, the merciful Father that's so forgiving. Him saying to us, just obey. And our response can sometimes be, oh, but just just wait just a minute. Um, but when this happens and we try and negotiate with God the Father, uh, it's crazy, isn't it? But we all do it, hey. I mean, last night, my kids are going to cop it today in the sermon. Sorry. Um, last night I asked Joey to do something and he said, just a minute. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> they gave me all these examples of disobedience <laughs> this week. Because um, we say that to God, just a minute. Not yet. I'm too busy. I can't handle that. I've got enough on my plate. Um, and sometimes we do. So, um, But, yeah, we, we're just like children in that sense. Um, I know at times my boys might do something wrong and they say they're sorry. And uh, then I'll add, I love you. I'm like, oh, that, that's really sweet. Um, and I do forgive you. And it's nice that you say that you love me on the end of that. Um, but I say to them, don't, ta- don't only tell me that you love me. Show me that you love me. Show me that you love me by emptying the dishwasher when I ask the first time. It's love is an action. So God, God loves it when we go to him and repent. He forgives us lovingly and we can tell him that we love him. But then make sure you don't turn around and show him otherwise. So we could give him lip service all day and not show him through our actions that we love him. So John fourteen twenty one says, Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. In our passage today in Ephesians, it reminds children of the commandment, honour your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So not only should we obey because it's right and God told us to, but because there's a promise, it will go well with you. So we may continue in our disobedience and continually come back to God and repent, but it might not go well with us in the meantime. There may be some consequences to that rebellion. So God will forgive a repenting heart. But will he show himself to us like he promised? Will he? Will things go well for us? Possibly not, because often there's natural consequences to our disobedience, like you see in children. You tell them not to play on the street um, because it's a busy road. The natural consequence of their disobedience may be that they get hurt. Um, and it's the same with us and our relationship with God. There'll be consequences to our disobedience that will just come naturally from our rebellion. Psalm 119.67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. So if we obey, those afflictions will be, will be bearable. They'll be um, discipline rather than those consequences. Proverbs 3.12 says, Because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. So it's because he's so loving that he disciplines an unloving father. Um, and you may have seen families like this. They, they're not interested in disciplining their children. 
that's not love. So a loving father in heaven is going to discipline us. It goes on in the passage today in verse 5 to start talking about slaves and masters, that relationship. So slaves obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. If we've accepted Jesus Christ as our saviour, we are slaves slaves to Christ. He is our master. Before we accepted Christ as our saviour, we were slaves of sin and death. But as Micah reminded us in communion, we were bought at the most precious price. The master came in and, and, and paid the price and we have been we've changed hands from one master to the other. So Christ paid that price for us and we have to accept that he has and then we're under his authority, under his loving authority. It's not the same as an earthly master. He is our father. To be a slave of Christ implies that he has the right to tell us how to live. Luke 6.46 says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Why do you say you love me and not do what I tell you to do? He tells us what to do, what is best for us as a loving master and father would, but it's still up to us whether we obey. And because he's loving, he gives us that freedom to choose. But it must, I think, frustrate him at times that we say, Lord, Lord, and go and turn around and not do what he's commanded us. So in verse 6 it says, Obey them not only to win their favour when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. In those three verses alone, it talks three times about the state of our heart to these commands. Sincerity of heart, from your heart, wholeheartedly. Are you beginning to see the importance of the state of our heart towards authority, towards obedience? So it is the will of God that we obey our bosses, no excuses. Not only if they're kind, not only if they're godly or fair, we are to obey because we're doing it as if God is our boss. Even though we have been bought by our new master and we have a new father, at times we still like to live under our old ways. Or maybe it's certain areas of our lives that we just can't bring under authority of our new master. So, like I said, we've been bought at a precious price um, and why would we want to go back to living our old ways? Maybe we're not willing to give up criticising people because it's just so ingrained in our nature and what's the harm in it anyway? Or maybe we just can't stop gossiping because it helps validate how we're feeling and if others agree with us, then we must be right. What if we're not able to give up looking at certain websites or not able to give up going to certain places? So we're not bringing everything into the new new master's house. We're keeping going out to the pig pen occasionally. It's crazy. We've got a mansion over here and we keep going back to the pig pen, saying that we love him, saying, Lord, Lord, and walking out the door. So it's a good challenge. It was a good challenge for me this week as I was writing this, just to check what, what are our motives, what are we doing. It's important that we really get to know our new master. 
our Heavenly Father in order to be able to trust him more. It's hard to trust someone that we don't know very well. That's why God says to obey our bosses as if we were serving God because that should help us. We should know our master in heaven well enough to know that we can obey our earthly boss because God's got this. If we are having trouble in the area of obeying people in authority over us, regardless of how they treat us, then maybe we don't know our heavenly father well enough to be able to trust him, to be able to obey him. The obedience we all teach our children is helpful in them being able to obey people in authority over them. You see it at schools. I'm sure Mrs. Telford's seen it at school. If, if a child can't obey their teacher, often, most likely, they haven't been taught obedience at home. So it starts in the home. So with parents... Um, teaching obedience, teaching trust in their children, that child will be able to obey other people in authority over them and ultimately they'll be able to obey their Father in heaven. So children and teenagers who are still under the authority of your parents, you can practice obedience and trust because we offer you plenty of opportunities for you to obey. So have you heard of the term first-time obedience? Yeah, some parents may instill that. Um, so you obey the first time I ask you to do something. Um, and I was thinking about the Israelites. If they'd, if they'd learnt first time obedience, uh, the book of Exodus might have been a bit shorter. Um, so that means obeying the first time to avoid the consequences. So if we obey a Heavenly Father the first time he asks us to do something, we may avoid some uncomfortable discipline, um, but it's often necessary because God loves us and doesn't want us to go astray. In Hebrews 12:11, it says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Children and teenagers, the earlier you grasp this concept and show you trust your parents and obey them, the easier it will be to obey others in authority over you and God. Proverbs 22.6, you might know this one. Train a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. If we fully trusted our father and took him at his word, believed what he said about himself and about us, then we would obey our parents. We would submit to our husbands. We would love our wives. We would work all the time as if God himself was our boss. If we are struggling in these areas, it may mean that we need to get to know our Father better. As I said, in those three verses, it talks about our heart three times, sincerity of heart, from your heart, wholeheartedly. The ability for us to fulfill these commands stems from our heart. So how do we get our hearts right so that we can obey? Ezekiel 36, 26-27 says, I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So God himself helps us to obey. He gives us the Holy Spirit to understand his word, to draw him to himself. John 14:26 said, says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, 
He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. The more you get to know someone, the more you will trust them and love them and ultimately obey them. The marriage relationship is a really close example of what God's relationship to us is like. Um, Usually when you're first married, you haven't known the person too long unless you had a massive engagement. Christians often don't. Um, so you probably are young, you haven't known them too long um, and you're just still getting to know what they like, what they dislike, what pleases them. Um, I remember in our first year of marriage, um, it was Ollie's birthday and I thought I would get him something for his car. I thought all guys would like stuff for their car. Um, so I got him one of those bug catchers that you put on the front. I think it's a bug catcher. Anyway, it's a plastic thing that you put on the front of your bonnet. And I got written on it, Chook's Chariot. Um, (laughs) I thought that was a cool idea. Um, But I didn't know him very well (laughs) at that time. Because I got to know that he didn't really value things for his car or his cars. (laughs) If you've seen our cars. Um, Accessories for the car, he didn't value that at all. And he was definitely not going to put that on his ute and drive around in it. Um, so yeah, that just went in the shed. Um, so 10 years on in our marriage or even five years on in our marriage, I would have known that I knew him better by then and I would have bought him a book on military history. Um, (laughs) and it's the same with Jesus in order to know him and what pleases him, what doesn't please him, what his characteristics are like, what his, um, personality is like, we need to spend time to get to know him. It won't happen with a quick five-minute one-way conversation once a day. It won't happen if we only read his words and listen to him occasionally and only if it fits into our busy schedule. What type of a relationship is that? That wouldn't be good for a marriage relationship, would it? If we just talked occasionally, didn't really get to know each other. And how more important is our relationship with Jesus Christ? Married couples often say that they, they love their spouse more now than the day they were married. Yep, I'm seeing some nods. Um, I could definitely say that about us. Um, why is that? It's not like we get better looking. Um, <laughs> it must be something that we're getting to know about the person. We get to know um, how they tick, where they're coming from, why they do the things they do their personality, their characteristics, their virtues, why they do things um, and how they love us. So we need to have this type of a relationship with Jesus, even more so. The whole Bible points us to the greatest, most important, life-changing relationship we will ever have. We need to foster this relationship. And if we do have that strong, intimate, daily relationship with Jesus, We would find it easier to take him at his word and obey him. Jeremiah 29.13 says, You will find me when you search me with all your heart. So the question today is, what is your attitude or state of your heart towards authority and God's authority? Do you really know him well enough, like that marriage relationship, well enough to trust him in everything? to obey him in everything and thereby showing him that you actually love him through your actions. I challenge myself and you today, get to know him, really know him, 
spend time with him like you would a spouse and you will see why it is the most rewarding relationship you'll ever have. Amen? All right, I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you that we have the the possibility, the chance to, to be in relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us out of love. Lord, help our, our small minds and our hearts to understand and comprehend who you are so that we can follow you in everything, so we can trust you with relationships, with choices, with decisions. Help us to have more faith in the one that loves us. Lord, help each of us to spend more time with you. Lord, forgive us. We're sorry for the, for the time we've wasted in this relationship for the time that we've gone out of the mansion and back into the pig pen. Lord, we're so sorry. And Lord, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit that guides us back, that urges us on. Just pray for each person here, Lord, this week, that they would have a more intimate relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to have the band come back up now. We're going to worship our Father a bit more.